Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Right on, man. Well, thank you for doing this. This is a while in the making. I think we've been poking each other for a few years now to get this uh, get this rolling. I know, totally. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, uh, right, out of, right out of the gate, before you're into tunes and stuff, um, like what what are your what are your parents playing in the house in the Will's house as a kid growing up? What are you what are you being influenced by? Oh, what what am what am I playing? No, well, yeah, for your kids, I guess. But no, I was saying like when you were a little. Oh, kid. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to rename myself. You know who I am. You know, I'm not my son, Falcon. Um, Falcon, yeah, no. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's at school. Um, you know, the, the, the first thing that I, I really remember about uh, digital media was the fact that uh, we had a little Texas Instruments thing that you could program, you know, it was like kind of, so, you know, like, I don't know, you, if you spoke DOS or whatever, you could make it do shit. And yeah. my brother wrote a code from a book but wrote a code uh, that made a ball and then, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a good reflection. Yeah. Made these balls on my arm and then, uh, and then made them bounce like on, on the screen. It was so cool and it blew my mind. And then, you know, we were playing like adventure, you know, where you're a, a, a fucking brick running around this, you know, <laughs> this maze where everything's the same looking room where they change colors and the doors on a different side or it's top on the, yeah. So, and that was fun too, you know, finding like that Easter egg that was the, uh, one of the programmer or designers names is like the first Easter egg in, in any video game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that kind of type of shit. And then, you know, we had great arcades in, in Omaha, um, that I still weep that they're not there anymore um, because I'd love to take my kids there to the, you know, loud ass smoky. <laughs> I know. Right. Just big yeah, roller quarters and way we go. Yeah, so much fun. So yeah, it was stuff like that. It's pretty typical '80s stuff. I was born in '74. Right. And and what's what is the music then in the house then? Like, is it what? What are your parents playing when you're a little kid? Yeah, my parents didn't play that much. I, they hate. Really? They, they hate when I say this. Yeah, but That's I crazy, think that was. What's that? That's crazy. Yeah, it, it came off crazy to me too. Um, yeah, but I don't remember music really being in other people's houses too. You know, it was like something you'd do in the car. Mm. But at home, it was more quiet. Uh, we had an eight-track player. We had great Eagles Greatest Hits. Uh, we had the Muppets Christmas. Uh, we had a couple other things. But, yeah, there wasn't a lot of music laying around. Mm. And I, rem- I remember, um, I, I like, my stepdad made me rent his radio from him for, like, you know, cents on the day just to kind of teach me some economy and capitalism bullshit and uh and and then i could have music in my room so i would listen to you know 92.3 which was like a rock station in omaha um and avoid like the pop station because it was so so poppy but um but yeah that was kind of my start and then we had tape players and yeah me and my brother actually introduced music into the house more than anybody and my brother's like my biggest musical influence because he taught me about essentially like crate digging uh, find finding great stuff that no one else is listening to and then teaching other people about that and then learning from them what they're into. It's kind of like your, 
your Q and A that you're you're pulling me through. So yeah, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just like that. Like, and then he picked up the saxophone when I was like uh, six or seven, something like that. And he and and that was that was the end. I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that too. You know, I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow tunes, but I'm gonna play music for sure. Yeah. What was your first concert? Um, first concert, excuse me, was a talent show. Cheers. In, Cheers. Uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, where we played um, uh, Taste of Pain from the, chi uh, chili peppers? the, say, the say Anything soundtrack. What's that? The Not chili the Chili Peppers. peppers. Taste, yeah. Taste of Pain, yeah. Yeah, such a song. So much great fun. Song. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was me... Uh, the original guitarist from 311, Jimmy Watson, who's now an amazing brewer in Omaha. He's got a company called Pint Nine. Oh, uh, cool. They make, great, they make great everything. He's a badass. Um, and then a drummer named Ray Porter. And we actually played under the moniker. We were called the, the 311 Band. No, really? Serious? Yeah. Cool, yeah. man. And that was like, you know, I don't know, 88. Wow. Possibly. Right. What was the first show that you saw? Like, what was the first concert you went to? First show that I saw was the Red Hot Chili Peppers, too. Wow. Yeah, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers in this, what was, uh, we didn't even really know how cool it was while it was going on, but it was a bowling alley, a radio station, an arcade, a gig, uh, you could play <laughs> volleyball in the back. Of course, it was a bar. It was five bars, you know, it was, it was all those things put together. And it was just amazing. We would go hang out at the Ranch Bowl just to go play pinball, you know, and, uh, and the Terminator two machine, especially and the Adams family when that was out and just, um, yeah, it was just so much fun. So yeah, I went there when I was, I was, I guess I was 15 and it was, uh, it was like winter and it was snowing and there was a blizzard and I got pulled out of the concert. I got horse collared out of the, out of my first show by my brother on, uh, you know, on, on a command from my mom and my stepdad to kind of drag us out of there before it got, you know, before I got stuck there, which would have been fucking awesome. Get stuck totally, in right? club with the chili peppers when they're like just coming up. Guys, wow. it, it was John Frusciante's first tour. I remember he was 18 and he proceeded to moon the audience uh, after someone was giving him some, some shit. He dropped his pants and turned his ass to the, to the crowd. And I was like, Oh man. Wow. <laughs> and, and so that, that wouldn't have been, chad smith that would have been like jack irons i think it was jack Irons still yeah I, I honestly i don't i don't yeah it definitely wasn't chad yeah you have two kids yeah i got two boys how old are they falcons 11 and clay is seven he'll be eight in november okay about same distance of mine do, do they know that dad is a is in a famous band do they know that now i think they know that they know yeah. it in a, in a way or another i mean they know it from their mom being like, hey, don't wear 311 hats. <laughs> don't wear 311 shirts to school. You don't wear that shit. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. But they do anyway. I let my kids wear Toddcast ball caps to school. Like, why not? Yeah, why not? I don't why see not? any problem with it. I mean, yeah. there's, it, there is a thing in the school since we're in Los Angeles. Um, you know, there's like people who work for Dream, uh, DreamWorks and Pixar and, you know, there's bands and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a, a low key, just kind of keep it down let the kids be kids, not yeah. live in the shadow of their, of their incredibly cool parents. <laughs> exactly. But it's also a resource too. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't see it as totally negative um, because 
I don't know, we did this ourselves, you know, and the same thing with all the, the animators and the filmmakers. And, you know, I think that's why we're here in town. I think that's why we, we gravitate towards each other as we're creative people and we like learning from each other. So I don't know, right. maybe it's not, it's not totally appropriate in the kid platform, but it's not totally inappropriate too. I hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. On that same wavelength, like what do you credit 311's longevity in the music industry to beyond, of course, the great tunes. Like what is it about, your band that continues to just plow through. Yeah. I mean, if it was, if it was just tunes, if it was just tunes for like tunes sake, if we were tunesmiths and not, you know, philosophically sound in our, in our own beliefs and pushing out a, a narrative that is uplifting. I think those, those underlying factors are really important to our longevity and have pretty much everything to do with the community that we built up and the support that we still find, you know, in, in boatloads around the country. Yeah. Countries. And, and how, how much longer do you think uh, you guys will be at? Or I know it's a fucking stupid question, but like, has the pandemic made you guys rethink the game at all? Uh, a little bit. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone did their own little kind of mystical journeys through, you know, what, who am I and what am I, what am I doing here? And what's the future of this? But yeah, I see, I mean, at least 10 more years. Uh, every, everyone's kind of turning 50 this year, except for me. Yeah. And, uh, I'm ageless and, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I can't really see it going too much further past, like, you know, as far as like the schedule that we're on now, I don't, I don't see us really ever stopping. Uh, I see taking breaks. Uh, I like learning from the, you know, the Rolling Stones about how, you know, like if you say you're retired and you don't retire, it, it kind of doesn't look that good. Just say you're taking a break. You know, I don't I don't think really any musicians have have fully retired unless they physically had to or, or just had a total change of heart. I think most of us just need a break, you know, because it's it's really difficult. And this last tour, these 30 some odd shows that I'm winding down, uh, got one today. I uh, got six shows left on this tour. Mm-hmm. It was pretty exhausting. You know, it was it was physically really difficult because we're only older and we're a little bit out of the routine of doing shows from having a 15 month break by far the longest break we've ever had in 31 years. So, um, yeah, it was difficult like that, but emotionally it was, it was a lot to carry around because we're all dealing with our own bullshit. And so is everybody else. And the audience, I, I think, I really feel like they, they projected that to, to us. Like they, they trust us with those feelings and and we and we do the same you know it's it's reciproc- reciprocative and uh it's also a lot to carry on too so yeah I'm laughing at my pronunciation reciprocal i think I, yeah there you go i, I there made it <laughs> ive whatever we, i tried to we, say we got you. instagram too and i and i said it wrong we got but you. yeah it's uh it's all about the positive message and it's all about um you know they support us now i don't i don't know yet yeah, that, that's that's a part of that circle which is an easier way to say that concept um, that we've lifted them up, they've gathered, they, they, they're their own community, not with or without us, but it, but it exists outside of you know, what we do. It doesn't really matter what we do. They've got their own thing going on that's 311 centric. And now we're motivated by their positive, positivity and them saying like, don't quit, you know, keep going, we, we need you. And that means the world, you know, that gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah, it's like how cool is it that your music lives on? Like it yeah. will live on, it right. will live yeah. on. It will, it will. And people will pass on the message um, from positive bands and, and whatever. Like if you've got a grind, you know, an ax to grind, a grind to ax. Oh my God. Um, 
if you've got you know some tension to get out that that'll last too you know people the the, the totality of existence is within our artistic sphere as i draw circles again um and you've got to feel it all we just represent that kind of bright side of things you know for, for the most part because yeah. when we came up in the 90s it was there was none of that you know it, it seemed like everyone was so down there were so many junkies in the scene you know it's, it's such a it was an ugly philosophy to kind of push around North America. So, and, and that was also our favorite music, but it wasn't like we were going to let those influences change who we are because we're just, I don't know, we're, we're going to roll through the problems. We're going to find a positive solution. We're going to, we're not going to burn the house down because you can't find the salt. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, I, I asked you to retweet, yesterday and you did and, and i got a bunch of questions good oh very oh, yeah. nice good very questions. Nice. so let's plow through uh, some of these uh, 311 fan questions greg wants to know what are you binge watching lately mm. great question that is a good question very very modern nice <laughs> let me gather <laughs> myself excuse me um i'm been watch binge watching the fourth season of Fargo on uh, on uh, Hulu through. Oh, you are, eh? Yeah, you like? Yeah, exactly. Um, God damn, it's good. I love all of the seasons, and I love living in that world. But this fourth season with Chris Rock and uh, what is it, Jason Schwartzman, is just incredible. I think. I think. I don't know if it's the best, but I love that it's uh, it's doing what what it's doing, and I'm on like the last episode, and I'm I'm like watching ten minutes at a time and finding some excuse to stop it. And, you know, pursing it out. I, I like that about about modern series watching. Who knew that we could watch 15 hours of a narrative and want more, you know, like- uh, I know, right? Like Ozark and, you know, of course, Breaking Bad. It's just like, here's this like 50 hour movie <laughs> yeah. that we're all kind of privy to now. And, and the world is a better place with that kind of long form storytelling. I, I think it's amazing. Yeah, and I, I liked it, uh, and maybe, maybe you felt the same way too, when when series will just release like one episode a week, and it kind of almost is like nostalgic, it fucking makes you think of like the way it was when we were little kids, like my kids were like, what, why are they only releasing one a week, what is that, yeah, got, like, that's the way all shows were. Yeah, you had to wait, and then it made you think about it, you know, yeah. it's kind of cool, you can wait, you can wait the whole season and then binge watch it afterwards, but that no, takes a lot of discipline too. If yeah, who's, you really who's, want to watch. Nobody's got that kind of willpower. Like, come on, <laughs> that's not happening. All right, let's go to go to Brian Obedensky. Uh, Obi, he's a NASCAR NASCAR driver. That's right. Huge fan of, of your band. He had a logo on one of his cars for a year. That was awesome. That's right. One of our, one of our bright moments. Yeah, he's been on the podcast as well. So uh, he's wondering, what's your favorite IPA, and which whiskey bourbon tops your list? Oh gosh. Um, I did. IPA going back to your buddy? What's You're that? Saying the guy that was in the band with you before, he's got the brewery now. Does he have yeah, one of your favorites? I don't know. I, I no, I couldn't say his his stuff is my favorite. I, I would go, I would go with a Los Angeles brewer. Um, uh, probably Highland Park. Uh, Highland Park Brewery, which is just you know like 20 minutes away from me, is uh, incredible. Totally mom and pop, built it up. They've got two places now. They they uh it's always just so fresh, you know, going to the brewers is, 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 is kind of a, you know, it's a, 
it's like a it's an ace that you can throw that's going to make everything taste better yeah um, what is it the uh, they've got they've got so many but but that's one of the best things about touring nowadays is there's great breweries in every Everywhere. city pretty much yeah. mean, especially if you look for them but uh, out east in boston i mean they've got trillium and uh and treehouse i believe and it's just it's insane how how good it can be when you go right to the source so uh yeah what is i can't remember the highland park one i've got one in the fridge um it's like i love L it's not i love la but it's like you know it's it's an la beer mm -hmm. uh, highland park that i would say is my favorite it's uh it's not hazy. It's a East Coast. It's seven percent. Uh, it's got a little pine. It's got a little dank. It's very citrusy. Uh, I'm not a drink a few of them and and see what's up at seven percent. Yeah, every yeah. every night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whiskey whiskey bourbon. Which one tops? Whiskey bourbon. Oh, I just got a new one, um, and I can't remember the name of it. And it's got like this key thing. It's like if you collect all seven keys and come to the brewery. They'll 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 give you some like secret hooch, which sounds oh, nice. so much fun. That sounds like you know Adventure Time. Yeah, totally. But I, I um, what is it? It's like oh, I'm gonna just be making up a name. But uh, back in the day, we used to me and Sa when we were uh, on a bus together alone, which was nice. Uh, when we had three band buses, which was a little excessive, but wow. made it easy easy to tour. It's like, hey, you want to go on the road? Like, yeah, yeah, I, hell I yeah, I do. Private <laughs> apartment. Um, we would get Oban from, uh, from Scotland, uh, on the, on the rider. And that, that's an easy whiskey to find pretty much everywhere. That's, you know, it's a home run every time. Yeah. So there's probably better stuff out there and there's easily better stuff out there, but for 40, 50 bucks and you can find it, it's, it's a, it's a good pickup. It's good to have yeah. in your, have in your drawer. Yeah. You know, um, when I was doing radio here in Vancouver at a, a station called Seafox, I used to have the show called the rock report and it was basically like music news and band interviews and performances and that kind of thing. And, uh, there was one year, maybe a couple of years where it was sponsored by Jim beam and they flew us down to Louisville, Kentucky to do the show from there, from their fucking distillery. Uh -huh. We're drinking. Have you ever had bourbon right from the cask? No, I have dude, not. Dude. Yep. Someday. That's, that's the way to fly. Yeah, I bet. I've got yeah. I've got roots in in the in the area in Kentucky. My mom uh, my mom grew up there. Uh, my grandfather on her side um, ran the like the barrel division of the Seagram's Distillery in cool. in Louisville and was uh, was probably pretty good at it because he was an avid avid yeah. drinker. <laughs> <laughs> probably pretty good, yeah. Uh, Emma's got a tough question. I think this is going to be hard for you to answer. But I want to do that. We should, we should, we we should do a barrel tasting in uh, either Vancouver or Los Angeles or Scotland. Down. I know you're in. Yeah. Well, they they also flew me out to. Now I'm just going to feel like I'm bragging here, but they flew me out to the Jameson Distillery in in, in Ireland, and I did my show St. Paddy's Day a couple years back to back, first class flights and everything. Ooh. Same thing, right from the cask. Like fuck, dude. It's that's the way to go. So that's Emma, so cool. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, Emma wants to know, can you ask him what his favorite song is to play live? Yeah. Also another kind of tough question. It's one of those, it's one of those questions that would probably change day to day to day. You know, right. it's not, favorite, favorite doesn't really stick with me that often. I mean, 
don't know. I got lots of favorites. So is, is, is there a specific song you're like, man, that has got to be in the set list? It's it's a lot of songs. And we've got 300 plus songs yeah. in our songbook now. And I want to play as many as possible. And I, honestly, we're up to about 100 on this tour. So I think we're doing pretty good as far as mixing up the set list. Wow. And that's something that's really important to me. Something that's always been really important to me. And yeah, it, it got it got to be more of a fight within the band as far as like, you know, what are, what are we doing? How are we supposed to do this? It's like, just right. keep, keep, keep playing all the songs. You know, why not? Why wouldn't we? So, we why wouldn't you? you made them, you recorded them. Why not? And we can play uh, them better and better if we just stick to it. But I'll yeah. say, uh, I'll say sever is probably my favorite song to play because it does a little bit of everything. Um, it's, it's chunky. It's got, you know, Nick and SA are singing um they're 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 also kind of rapping on it it's got these syncopated parts that i came up with uh tim wales at the end it's kind of like an iron maiden moment for us in the band which was something that i i wanted to happen that i didn't think would ever fucking happen mm -hmm. and uh and chad just kills because chad's fucking chad so yeah. so yeah i think that's sever is us on all on all cylinders if you will and yeah. uh, and flying high uh sean says, hey, his real name is Aaron Wills. Who nicknamed him Peanut? Uh, my friend Boyd Cameron in Omaha, when we were, we were actually like in a garage band together, um, we, did a, we did a performance of Bauhaus. We did, uh, I think we did Stigmata Martyr, which is a very dark song. And we played it for like the committee that was gonna decide whether or not we would be allowed in the uh, talent show. And this was the year before I, I made it on stage and we did great. We played the shit out of that song, but I think it was like the wrong choice. Like, you know, the public school wasn't into goth for some reason. I, I don't, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, it didn't fly, but it was yeah. a lot of fun to play. And Boyd, Boyd's a huge influence in my life. And I miss that he's not more in it. And uh, you know, the, it's like stand by me. It's like the kids that you have, the friends that you have when you're 10 or 12 are the best friends you'll ever have in your life. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys. Yeah, how, how true is that? Yeah. Uh, Steve wants to know which sports do you like to watch and play? Uh, I like to play. I'll, I'll play almost anything unless I'm getting hit super hard because that sucks. But <laughs> unless it's basketball, because basketball does lots of hits. I mean, basketball is yeah. my favorite anything as far as sport ball. Um, playing it is a lifelong, you know, whatever, want you know, whenever I get a chance and, uh, and I miss the guys that I play with, we haven't been able to assemble, uh, since everything shut down. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I, I love the Lakers. I've been a Laker fan since, um, since magic Johnson and first listening to the chili peppers, I had a lot of influence in that. And then, um, you know, the, just the, the showtime team was so easy to like. So that was just kind of like, it's like stamped into my head. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom is, my mom will watch anything. My mom will watch Highlight. She'll watch Tiddlywinks. She'll, if there was competitive paint drying watching, she would, she would watch that, you know, and I, and I love that about her. She loves competition. She's just all, all about it, all about seeing that, you know, the, who gets the edge up, who gets the edge over. Yeah. Um, but least lately I've been getting really into uh, F1 uh, racing. Oh unbelievable yeah. you know the netflix door opening of drive to survive that series was really great to to like kind of know the, the 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 men driving the machines and then the team behind them and 
the situation here and there and all these dramatics that just happen in, in real life, especially when there's billions of dollars floating around is just, it's, it's incredible what those, what those guys pull off. And I love Lewis Hamilton. What a fucking badass! I want to shake that hand. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've met a couple of those guys. I met Patrick Carpentier, uh, Alex Tagliani, I think his last name is good fucking good dudes, man. Yeah, good dudes. I bet. God, what discipline they have. Like, to dude, have. And, and like nerves of steel too, right? Like, think of the speeds that these guys are going. It's insane. Insane. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want anyone that I know personally to be doing that. So it's fun to watch from the sidelines because it is such a, I mean, it's just, it's a fucking kick in the groin, you know? It's just, <laughs> totally. and, and it's a gut clench for oh, yeah, man. 90 minutes. And I love the broadcast. I, you know, it, it's incredible. Like watching the show and learning the people and all that, you know, Netflix format is, is interesting. And that was, like I said, that's how I got introduced to it. But then watching it like on, if it's Sky Sports or ESPN, you know, they're, they're just channeling it in, getting yelled at by these English guys about every turn and every move all, all up and down the track. I love it's 24 drivers. It's like, this is great. So much fun. So yeah, that's been my new obsession as far as sports. And yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll ever wane. Yeah. I want, it's to, see it. cool. I want to see it in person now. I want to take yeah. it to the next level. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the Indy 500 would come to Vancouver. Wow. And uh, my uncle had a, uh, uh, apartment complex that was like right there. You could look down and just see everything. And it was just the coolest, man. Just best, the coolest. Best. How cool. yeah. yeah. Okay. Alan wants to know how did the T and P combo song come about and talk about the writing process? Oh yeah. I saw that. It was great that I got to think about that beforehand. I mean, I, I probably would have came up with the same answer if I hadn't even, you know, been prompted by the question uh, yesterday, but yeah. yeah, I got to thinking about it. It's cool. Cool to think about. Yeah. I mean, we were, we weren't living together anymore. We had moved, moved, you know, into separate places, but we were around each other a lot and we were writing a lot and we were touring a ton, you know, before that was like, that was written in maybe late 94, early 95. You can see us playing it before the album came out in summer of 95. So it, it had to be written in 94. And I love that about like the, the early days of the band where we would write something and we would play something brand new for an audience that had never, no chance of ever hearing it and rock the shit out of them. You know, like you ain't heard this before, but I know you're going to fucking like it. That, that's, that kind and of like talk about a great, like a great litmus test. Like you can, you can find out right now. Does this song do, do people like it? Yes. Yeah. It, it, it was that it's that power of being, in your early twenties and that boldness, you know, like, you know, the rules, but you know how to break them too. And, and you're just riding the wave of this, this collective group. It, it was, it's just amazing. But, but yeah, we just, we just sat down and worked it out. Honestly, I, I think my, the, the first riff is mine. Uh, the second riff is Tim's. Uh, the third riff is mine. And then the, and then the chorus is his, the boom. Yeah. We, we just sat down and hashed it out. I, I think I played the first riff for him and then it was like, what else, you know, what, what do you got? And, and he had it already. It was, it was something he had already written. We, we were just pushing things together, kind of a lot like Homebrew, the way Homebrew came out and, uh, and a few other songs. Just like, you know, sometimes it's not okay to force things. And then some things, sometimes things just work, you know, and you can think that it's forcing it because it already existed, you know, autonomously. But, mm -hmm. but music is, music wants to mesh. You know, and it's how 
how open of a mind do you have to letting that process happen? And it was, it was just puzzles, puzzle pieces fitting together. It's like, Oh, that, that fucking works. Mm. So we just, you know, we played it a bunch of times and we were being egged on by Chad and Nick for sure. Like they were like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. You know, as, as them being the principal writers, it's good to have them, you know, help helping us make sense out of, you know, what we don't, you know, I don't know, pull off as, as often as they mm. do. So it was, it was a good like confidence builder in that way, internally and externally, like by bringing it to the stage early and, uh, and yeah, it's, it ended up being a great song on a yeah. fantastic album. Yeah, totally. Uh, Mark wants to know, is he a Marvel or DC guy? Uh, it's easy. It's easy. I've had, the, I've had this yeah. Punisher symbol on me since 93. Nice. Yeah. So so the, the conservative <laughs> yahoos that want to take it over. There you go. They, they better know that this progressive has been a Punisher fan for way longer. Nice. Yeah, it was, and I've got a, I've got a bunch of bunch of comics too. I've got like a a box full of stuff that you yeah, know, every once in a while I see how it's not really earned much money. <laughs> but maybe someday. <laughs> I know, I right? I, like I, as a kid, you're like, "Fuck, I'm gonna be so fucking rich!" Woo, woo, and I love it. You know, yeah, blood and guts and money. Woo. Yeah. So, did you like the Punisher uh, series on Netflix? Yes, that was the right. first time they got it right. I, I was yeah, always, same. I was always of the mind that they were never going to be able to pull it off unless it was like animated to like kind of do the, just do the gnarly as yeah. as gnarly as it needed to be done. Like especially so, the, the the that was it six issue the limited uh, the limited series six issue uh, Punisher car- uh, comic book as a kid like. Fuck, right. dude, that was violent, man. It was for six. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what got me started. Uh, a friend of mine that was a neighbor uh, had a had a poster up and was a comic book freak. And uh, yeah, I don't. I think he. I think he gave it to me when I moved. And then when I when I uh, got to LA, I started picking up comics just out of boredom, more or anything. And you know, some you could buy for a yeah. couple bucks. Yeah, yeah. And get a collection. And, uh, and you had to wait for new ones to come out too. You know, that was, that was kind of awesome. And, uh, yeah, it just came like a little minor obsession and it was really, it was so much, you know, like about the stories and the art, you know, it's just, just amazing kind of world to fall into, but yeah, I've always been more Marvel, but I think my, my favorite comic book is a DC comic called, uh, um, it was like, it was the Arkham Asylum, um, by Batman. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, it was a thick graphic novel where, uh, Batman goes into the asylum and I, I think he gets, you know, he does mushrooms and runs into all the, you know, all the enemies. And it's just, he ends up like walking out with the Joker arm in arm as they've kind of reconciled their, they're not that reconciled, but they, they understand that they need each other. I, and I love that dynamic with Batman and Joker. So yeah, there's, there's enough for both, but uh, yeah, Marvel gets the edge up on me. Although that Batman comic kind of changed my life. You know, that, that art was it was kind of a, it was like photographic and, and drawn kind of mixed medium style. And then, you know, throwing in those hallucinogens and that, you know, that, that conflict kind of resolved. It's like, God, you, you had me at, you had me at fucking page one. Yeah. And uh, I got the, uh, if you haven't read this one, I got the Batman Hush uh-huh. graphic novel. Uh-huh. Dude, write uh-huh. that down, man. You're going to love this one. It is freaking amazing. Cool. Batman Hush. Uh, which which superpower would you want to have? Oh, I'd, I'd want to fly. 
I mean, invisibility is so creepy. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you can't say that. You can't even be allowed. Even if you, even if that's what you want to do, you can't say it anymore. Can't say it out loud. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if I'd want that, um, but I, I'm sure I could find some practical use, uses for it. But oh yeah, yeah, flying would flying would be so cool. I'm so jealous of birds, and I think that's why, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I've al- I've always I've always thought that was a that would be a cool existence you know, up in the trees. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Son named Falcon. My kids always saying that too. Uh, Levi, my youngest. Uh, TJ wants to know: Is there a timeline for a new album or a follow-up to Voyager? Uh, not just yet. Um, we're we're getting those getting those you know mechanisms moving slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been a fucking going. weird like year and a half. Yeah, it's kind of hard to hard to just kick back in. Uh, I don't know if it, how authentic it would be. Uh, I think we were a little disappointed with Voyager. I think it needed to stay in the oven for about six months longer. Yeah. and be released you know that much later um not that it's flawed inherently i think it was just rushed you know so i think i'm i'm still recovering from that band-aid being ripped off uh mm-hmm. at least in a little bit of a way but me and nick have written a little bit um we're on a bus together now me and me and essay and nick are on a bus together i thought we would have written more on this tour but you know at least we didn't drive each other crazy so so mission accomplished <laughs> but yeah it, that's it a win <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's total win we're making our way to it we're in no big rush like i said you know this will be our 14th album so I, wow. we really want it yeah. anything that comes out we want it to be really really good there's no reason to rush out some, some bullshit yeah 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 uh chris has a tough one for you i will we'll wrap this up here pretty quick here too as well cool. uh chris wants to know top three favorite bands you've seen live oh god wow. that's tough that's hard that's super super fucking tough yeah um, that's hard well, tom waits is probably my favorite concert uh, I saw Tom Waits in 99 at the Wiltern here in Los Angeles. Oh, nice. Um, which was, it was absolutely like, it was production. Like, God, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It was so minimalist that there was nothing on the stage, right? It was that, it was kind of that era. It was the first time I'd ever really seen that. And there was just this huge like screen behind him. It wasn't, you know, like a, a screen nowadays. It was, it was just like a, you know, a, a white, screen that the ld would just put you know red you know just be red or just be blues these huge color swaths that Mm. they would throw out so you wouldn't really be distracted but the mood would change so much you know it wasn't like you know keep things going because you know we need some excitement this is supposed to be exciting yeah it's like no you're supposed to kind of like fall down the tunnel in a tom waits show yeah and, and isn't it, that incredible like that a that a color will change the atmosphere and the mood like it's that's cool man yeah it was it was incredible um that first chili peppers show yeah um, for sure was amazing and uh the most the last show i saw before um the world stopped um was tool oh, nice. uh, and that was fucking i mean incredible justin chancellor is a fucking stud oh god yeah i mean it was it's so it almost comes off as it's like close to effortless for them although it's so complex like they're they're like carving a diamond on stage you know yeah. all little all these little cuts you know they know exactly what to do all these shapes that they're they're throwing around and speaking of art and experience and you know just having having the audience in the palm of their hand 
of 20,000 people, you know, it's like, and then night after night and, and how abstract it is and time signature, just, you know, whatever, we'll do whatever the fuck we want. Drum yeah. solo, those, you know, 10 <laughs> minutes long that could have been 20 minutes long is Danny, Danny blows my mind. You know, yeah. I, I, that whole band is, is, is incredible, but yeah, the rhythm section, the engine room is, uh, is, we're we're lucky to be alive to to witness that. That is well, it's, it's a V twelve. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I think my last show before the pandemic was uh, I think it was Queens of the Stone Age. Cool. I saw Very them open bad. up for Ween. Oh, yeah, no way. yeah. Wow. Saw them open up for Ween at Spaceland, uh, you know, out here in Northeast Los Angeles. And w Ween would definitely be in that top list of of bands that I've seen. And that's the band that I've seen the most. Ween. I've probably seen them like maybe eight or ten times. Yeah. And they always put on the, the most fucking rocking show. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen them, you need to see them. And that goes for all of you motherfuckers. <laughs> all right. You know, I'm going to wrap it up here. One last question for you. Thank you again for doing this. Oh, yeah. Happy. happy. Do, do, do you have a near-death story where Ooh. you're like, holy, holy crap, man. I, I could have. I should have died there. God, I mean, I've been woken up so many times with the, like, brakes being locked up on the bus thinking that I'm going to die like that to the hundreds of times that that's happened. I can't kind of let that go. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's it's troubling because it doesn't really, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You know? a, a lot of, uh, a lot of touring bands will say like, Oh yeah, man, driving across Canada in the fucking wintertime is just treacherous, right? Like white knuckling it through every single Cause of course it's like, between each big city in Canada, it's not like the States, right? It's like five hour drive, eight hour drive. Yeah. It's all huge like the West drives, Coast, man. right? Yeah. It's all just huge spaces and it should be, we, you know, we need it like that, but yeah, there's a reason why we don't tour really that much in the winter. We used to here and there. And we, I remember running into bands like the Cadillac tramps and they would say that they loved touring in the winter because it was so much easier, like going outside after a show when it's cold and you're hot as hot as fuck to yeah. you know cool down like god what a what a what a great way to think about it i totally disagree <laughs> and it's more people wrong but it's a great summer. way to think about it <laughs> yeah but yeah that's well, great hey good for you um what's the question <laughs> oh oh near death oh yeah near death um yeah i don't know not not that much outside of out of that i mean yeah. there's had some close calls in cars um but yeah nothing 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 really too too bad i mean yeah. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty good at self-preservation. So, uh, <laughs> I think, I think that's why I've kind of avoided that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't, I don't really, yeah. I'd oh, say, they, it would be screaming at you. If you had a story, it would be, you'd, you'd know it. Awesome. Peanut. Thank you again for doing this. It's been too long. Big, big fan of your band for like, since the get go, uh, you're super easy to find online at peanut on Twitter. What are you on Instagram? I'm Aaron underscore Wills. Your your actual name. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Cool. I guess we'll uh, we'll see you online. Cool. Thanks for thanks uh, for the invite. I really appreciate it. Sorry, I was playing hard to get. The Toddcast podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna Original Podcast, Grim. Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. 
I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children. And in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real, weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. 